Welcome to Filled with His Love. This is Russ Osgathorpe, and glad you're with us today. Uh, you know, the human body has 78 organs, but one of those organs is more important than all the others, the brain. The brain weighs only three pounds, approximately, but it directs all other bodily functions. It is made up of neurons, glial cells, and blood vessels. It is made up of matter. It is a material, physical thing, like our hand or foot. Now, what about our mind? Is our mind the same as our brain? The French word for mind is esprit. Esprit also means spirit. They don't have two words, just one. Mind and spirit mean the same in French. Now let's jump to the Doctrine and Covenants, section 131. Quote, There is no such thing as immaterial matter. All spirit is matter, but it is more fine or pure and can only be discerned by purer eyes. We cannot see it, but when our bodies are purified, we shall see that it is all matter. Kind of a challenging scripture to interpret, I must admit, because we really can't imagine seeing our spirit. But one of our listeners recommended that I listen to a podcast uh, on the series Faith Matters. It was an interview on August 12th between Michael Ferguson and Terrell Givens. Michael Ferguson began his career at University of Utah and is now a professor at Harvard looking at the neuroscience of spirituality. So before sharing a few of Michael Ferguson's thoughts, I invite you to think about how you view spirituality. I grew up with a belief that the spirit functioned quite separately from anything physical. I never envisioned it as the firing of neurons in my brain. I suppose I saw materiality, or the physical nature of my being, and spirituality as two very different, even maybe opposing, characteristics of my, my being. I knew that the functions of my brain could explain thoughts and feelings, the expressions of my, quote, mind, but I saw my spirit as something quite above all that, like quite uniquely different. Now here's a quote from Michael Ferguson, who spends most of his time researching the neuroscience of spirituality the connection between the brain and our spirit. Quote, It's a real tragedy, a deep fallacy, that the contemporary mind sees materiality and spirituality as antithetical, and that the contemporary mind imagines that you have to choose to accept material science or maintain an openness to things that have transcendent and divine qualities. It's just bad thinking. So, okay, Michael, I, I can admit maybe I had a little bad thinking. <laughs> After listening to you and reflecting on your work, I'm beginning to believe a little differently. I'm coming to see things a little more clearly. The soul is the combination of the spirit and the body. My mind, my capacity to think and feel, is so akin to my spirit. And my brain is the center of all such activity. It's back to the word esprit in French. Mind and spirit are similar. It's back to the Prophet Joseph's teaching that the spirit is matter, just more refined. 
The study of how spirituality happens in the brain does not diminish spirituality. I can believe in both material science, the study of the brain, and in spirituality. That is one of the glorious truths of the Restoration, that the soul is the combination of the spirit and the body, and the spirit and body are both made up of matter. Now, why do I think this kind of understanding is so worth acquiring? Because we need to learn all we can about how to strengthen our relationship with God and with others. And some of that understanding is now coming from neuroscience. So, Ferguson says, we can actually, this is a quote, we can actually identify ways in which spiritual traits operate in the brain, unquote. One experiment that led him to that conclusion was an early one he conducted at the University of Utah. He and his colleagues wondered if they could measure spiritual feelings in the brain by doing research with recently returned Latter-day Saint missionaries. How did they do the experiment? They began by asking a missionary to go inside an fMRI machine. Some listeners might have experienced an MRI. I had one recently, and it kind of sounds like a jackhammer going off all around you in this cramped tube. Not the most pleasant experience, I might say. And not exactly the place where one might get closer to the Spirit of God. But this is what Ferguson did in his first experiment. Now, they wanted to use an fMRI machine because that is the kind of machine that actually shows and measures brain waves. And so they can actually see which neurons or sets of neurons are firing in what center of the brain, what part of the brain. So the missionary goes into the tube and begins reading the Book of Mormon and praying. The researchers ask her to press a button if she feels the spirit. They didn't know if anyone would be able to feel the spirit in such a cramped, noisy tube, but she did. She pressed the button. Then one missionary after another was asked to do the same thing. What did they find? For me personally, the findings were quite astounding. Which part of the brain showed the most activity when the missionary pushed the button, saying, I feel the spirit? The same part of the brain that is involved in compassion. That's right. Love and spirituality happen in the same part of the brain. Now, that may not sound so shocking to you, but for me, this is very important. It's, it's a very interesting finding. Ferguson used the words attachment and bonding. I didn't put those words in his mouth. Those are the ones he used to describe the part of the brain that, happen, that is activated when someone says, I'm feeling the spirit, attachment and bonding. So, what he's saying is that faith is closely tied to love, and both faith and love affect the way we act, our behavior. When asked how strong the results of these experiments were, because one wonders, I mean, this was a kind of a strange experiment, how, how much did this really prove? He said, actually, they are very strong, and he's done other experiments that show the same thing. Spirituality and love are similarly experienced in the brain. Now I want to take all of this a step further. Ferguson did not draw these conclusions specifically, but I would like you to consider a few of my thoughts regarding his findings. A central message in my book, Filled with His Love, is that the most important attachment we form in mortality is our relationship with God, 
and that the closer we feel to God, the stronger and healthier will be our relationships with family and friends. So when Ferguson says that the feelings of attachment and bonding, or attachment and love, are activated in the same part of the brain as the feelings we have when we say that we sense the spirit, I believe he's onto something very important. When, when he asked those return missionaries inside the fMRI machine to push a button when they felt the spirit, he was really asking them to tell him when they felt close to God, when they felt a close attachment to God. That's significant. Because this kind of spirituality is two-way. It's, it's God's spirit attaching to ours and ours attaching to his. He did not just ask them when they felt spiritual. He asked them when they felt the spirit. In other words, when they felt God close to them, when their spirit connected with God's spirit. And that explains, at least in my view, why spirituality and love are housed in the same place in the brain. Spirituality not simply is not simply a, a, it's not simply just a nice emotion such as happiness or self-fulfillment or something. Spirituality is my spirit coming close to God. It's a relationship of attachment. I recently heard a friend whose parents stopped talking to him. They disagreed with something he had done, and what he had done was actually quite a nice act in some ways, but they disagreed with it, and so they stopped talking to him. I cannot conceive how those parents could have a close connection with God and at the same time distance themselves from their son. One relationship affects the other. In one sense, you could say that the estrangement deadens the neurons that need to connect for love to occur. Love is love. You can't love God and despise your child, and you can't despise God and love others. It goes both ways. That's why it's so paramount that we nurture all of our relationships every day. I want to say that again. That's why it's so paramount, so important, that we nurture all of our relationships every day. Relationships don't remain stagnant. They're either getting stronger or weaker. And to make them stronger, we need to nurture them. Neural connections in the brain don't just happen. They fire together because we help them wire together. And we can see from Ferguson's work how that wiring process can happen with our relationship with God and with others, because it's happening in the very same part of the brain. In John 17, Jesus prays that they may be one, quote, even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. He's praying for unity, oneness. And I believe that such unity is possible in our family relationships, as well as our relationship with God. Unity can even be experienced with friends. So my hope is that I can form myself an attachment so close, so powerful with the Lord that I feel one with Him as He feels one with God the Father. This is really my supreme hope throughout my life, really. And I hope this is helpful to you today. I hope if you know someone that might need this,
kind of message or any other message on the podcast, you'll share a podcast with them as well. I keep getting nice feedback about how listeners do feel helped by this podcast even more than I had anticipated. So if you know someone, I hope you'll share this with them. Thanks. We'll see you next time.